has grown and developed, um, so, so has our portfolio as a whole. Um, and I think you'll see us continue to do that um, as the league expands. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of room for growth. And obviously, Gen G is an expansion team this season. So Jordan, what are some of the challenges and goals of your role as head of revenue operations? Can you explain Gen G's business model and what it looks like? You know, are you mostly relying on sponsorships? Jordan, you're muted. The host has me muted. Ask me. Um, so anyway, so we um, we're the first. So we're the first. So I think for a lot of it, it's kind of like explaining to people what our play is here, um, why we got involved in the NBA 2K League. In addition to kind of what we're doing, we also negotiated with the NBA to get rights to China. So technically, our team right now we're the Gen G Tigers of Shanghai. Um, our plan eventually over time is to move the team to Shanghai. Uh, it comes with a suite of uh, assets to activate the NBA 2K League in China. And the NBA is going to be our partner for us in helping to build academies and training facilities in China for the game. Um, so we're connecting it. Jeff actually worked with us in Korea, um, going over there for an APAC Invitational Tournament that we had. So our vision for this in terms of scaling, I mean, yes, we want to do partnerships and sponsorships, but that's kind of short term. Um, for us, long term, we're getting into the game because we really want to use it as a way to build up esports in Asia and kind of capitalize on the popularity of basketball around the world. And Kurt, you created the MBPA 2K, which was the first premier pro-am league before the actual 2K league existed um, and the NBA invested into this venture. So what motivated you to create the MBPA 2K? You know, can you share with us about your journey that led you to where you are today? Yeah, the, the MPBA basically started when I was actively playing and it was other leagues going on. Um, I was actually playing in another league called the ABL and Tawan Fairley, who is the GM and coach for Mavs GG, he was playing in another league, um, the SBA, the Structured Basketball Association. Uh, we crossed paths. We started playing together. Uh, one day, just out of the blue, uh, we was in a party. And he said, Kurt, I think I can start a league better than all the leagues uh, that are going on right now. And I said, hey, if um, whatever you want to do, I'm with you. And I said, what do you want to call it? He said, the NPBA. And I said, what does that stand for? And he said, My Player Basketball <laughs> Association. And um, from that point forward, we just uh, just dove right into it. Um, we started at the beginning of 2015. And we just marketed it on Twitter, Facebook, um, got a website up and going. Um, also had another partner with us, Lawrence West, who is uh, the general manager for Hornets uh, Venom GT at NBA 2K League. And uh, we just did a great job of spreading it throughout the community. It grew and a lot of top players started uh, signing up and playing in it. And, you know, such as your Dimes and your Ramos and, everybody that's in the NBA 2K League to this day. And uh, it just grew from there. And uh, I pretty much stopped playing. LT, oh, he still loved to play. So it put a lot of work on my back to run it. But um, I seen a bigger picture, and especially in 2017 when the, the NBA 2K League announced this uh, presence, uh, it kind of gave us uh, a little bit more driving force to what we were doing. We still didn't know what to expect, but uh, here we are today, um, you know, happy to be a part of the league and just grateful for what we created. And it was just out of love and passion for the game. 
And I think that everyone here with an entrepreneurial spirit can really touch upon that in terms of, you know, you started out with a vision. It was a passion project with you and a few of your friends and you were able to grow it into something national. So um, thank you for that. I mean, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Um, so what was it like or what's it like now being here and seeing your friends across the league move across the country and running their own organizations? Uh, I mean, it, it's kind of just piggybacks off what you said. It's just about a, a, a testimony to entrepreneurship. I mean, we didn't we didn't know what we were doing or what we had at the time. And we was just, like I said, doing it out of love and passion for the game. And, and just to see how everything's evolved from that point until now uh, makes me grateful um, that we stuck with it and made something out of it. I, you know, I get to, to see people in a lot of different walks of, of esports and I'm learning a lot of different things. You know, I get the benefit of living in New York half of the year and um, just seeing a lot of different things from it. So uh, definitely uh, I get excited every time I talk about it and every time I see my friends doing well and, and just I'm still maintaining my role in the community and pushing people and stri to strive for their goals and, and what they want to achieve out of, you know, the 2K and, and everything that's involved with it. So it's, it's definitely uh, something that I... <laughs> You know, it's just, uh, it's, I'm just grateful for, for everything that we've accomplished out of it. That's great. Um, and I just want to stop real quick and say to everybody watching, if you have any questions that you'd like to uh, have our panelists answer, we have a 15-minute Q&A at the end. Um, you can feel free to send the chat to the host and with your question, and we'll be sure to answer that or have them answer that. Um, and speaking on entrepreneurship a little bit more, Jeff, your footprint in journalism has expanded greatly over the past few years. You've worked for many different media entities over the years. Uh, what are some of your favorite stories that you've covered? Wow. Um, yeah, now, now you're, you put me on the, uh, let me, I mean, the thing is like, like, let's stick with the 2K league. Um, you know, uh, if you, don't, me, if you don't talk about the Jeter interview, I'll be pretty upset. Well, I'm not talking, that's that. look, that's a, that was a private, I have no idea what went on in that interview. Um, no, I mean, I think that there are certain NBA uh, 2K League players. One guy I always go back to is O'Fab, who was the uh, second overall pick by the, by Celtics Crossover Gaming in the first season. And I was I had a podcast during the first season, and I did an interview with him. And, you know, just kind of like he was emerging as one of the top players in the league. And what I found out about him was that he opened up, and he's opened up on 2K TV about this and various various entities about really the depression that he faced, you know, as kind of this guy who's playing NBA 2K on the side and doesn't necessarily know, um, you know, what's, uh, what exactly is going on in his career and what he wants to do in his life. Um, but I think that, you know, following along with him as he explained that story, and now he's, he's in total, his fitness is incredible right now. He's like, it looks like he's, he's just a jacked guy who plays one of the top players in the NBA 2K League. And it's been amazing to tell his story from someone who was, you know, this didn't exist and now has changed his life. Speaking of it didn't exist, I mean, this is an open question for all four of you to answer. What's it like to work in a, such a non-traditional property? Uh, I mean, for me, uh, it's, it's a great, uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I coached high school basketball for almost 20 years. Um, so actually like being, a, being, a, having an opportunity of working in, in esports and then also 
seeing the other side of uh, the NBA uh, up close um, is definitely, I feel like one of the advantages of our esports is um, that, you know, not only does it deal with gaming, but actually you get to, you know, you get to go to the games and you get to, you know, I've met with Sean Marks of uh, the Brooklyn Nets and different things of that nature. And, you know, you get to learn a lot of different things uh, from, you know, just stemming from esports and, and our, our game. So definitely us, it's, I've taken advantage of a lot of different opportunities. I would say on my end, what, what I like about esports, especially for people who are um, coming up, is that there's a lot more opportunity to kind of create things. I think a lot of the people on the panel have kind of shown like their ability to build something of themselves or of ideas that they have, even if maybe necessarily they didn't have the exact specific background that would be expected for them to go into like a fully developed league, such as like the NFL. So I think uh, what's really cool about esports is that a lot of these pillars are being built in real time and provides a lot of opportunity for the people who are ready to do the grunt work and ready to get on the grind to do it. Um, I think a lot of people that I'm speaking with are just great examples of that, of kind of just going forward and doing it and building these projects and being successful. And if I was graduating college or looking at my first job, I would see that as a tremendous opportunity where you're not gonna be told um, no, you know, we're not gonna be told like, this is how, this is how our league has run for a hundred years. So you have to stay within these confines. I, I always, I think sometimes when covering the NBA 2K league as, you know, imagine what covering the NBA was like in the fifties where, you know, the early years of a league and you're thinking like, like the league starts in the first place because there are clearly enough people interested in this that even though there isn't, you know, even though you have people like Kurt talked about the MPBA, like there are organizations that are running tournaments, but there aren't necessarily, there isn't an official NBA recognized league. So now we're covering something from the ground up. And like I said, I'm telling these stories that have not been told before. It's not like an NBA player that by draft day, they've already had these stories covered since they were in AAU. I mean, we're talking about people from the first time. We're trying new things that established, um, you know, players out there wouldn't necessarily have the leeway to do, but because this is the first time from, I'm talking specifically from the broadcast journalistic standpoint, we're able to take some chances and kind of see what works and reinvent the way that you're watching a product. Yeah, and I totally agree. I think for me, what's been really interesting is since uh, graduating, you know, um, it's not, in, in a lot of ways, it's not that different from traditional sports. Our team still has marketing department, a communications department, et cetera. So, what I learned at Syracuse was very applicable. Um, but what everyone said, you know, there's this huge ground for innovation. Um, just in the last two years, we have gone overseas. We've taken tournaments on the road. We've created a pretty unique tournament um, schedule. So it's constantly, um, you have the opportunity to innovate, but while still feeling, um, I know for all the students out there, that what you learned in school um, totally aligns with what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, and the big theme that I heard there was about starting something new. And in the day that we live in right now, with coronavirus affecting everybody's ability to go out and work and go to school, we're all home. You know, this is the time to start something new and really uh, reach and try to make a name for yourself or even um, start something that could provide a lot of value to other people. So I really appreciate that. Um, 
And going back to Syracuse a little bit, Chris, you know, during your time at Cuse is when esports really started to gain traction um, as a business and a sport. Um, so what advice would you give to current students looking to break out into the industry? Yeah, I mean, similar to I think I remember what I heard on like the very first day from Professor Veely. It's like we got there and he said, you can't be a fan as much anymore um, and you can't just be a player. So I'd say esports is similar. Um, there are a ton of obviously esports fans out there ton of people that play video games but you need to understand the business um, outside of that so um, honestly I don't think my suggestions change very much from if you said you know you wanted to work for the NBA or you wanted to work in the NFL um, you just need to do kind of what basically what we're doing today and, and learn as much as you can about the business talk to as many people as you can because um, yeah I'd say it's, it's the same thing you know if you know about the game itself um, that's not going to be enough course and that all starts with networking um so students reach out on linkedin start messaging people you know now's the time to really get your name out there and learn just learn from everybody um and and kurt in case anybody's listening to this who's interested in breaking into the 2k league as a player or as a professional on the operation side of things um who's inspired by the growth of the league like how would one be able to put themselves in position to you know be recognized and make that jump well, like, you know, the MPBA gets a lot of recognition, but there are other uh, circuits that are still, you know, going um, like, like the WR programs and, and a lot of different tournament sectors like uh, top tier leagues and different things of that nature. But basically, the uh, 2K community is located primarily on Twitter. And um, you have a lot of uh, GMs and coaches who come from the community um, that's constantly on you know engaging on twitter to be able that you can reach out to you know like myself um you know famous enough from heat check gaming i mentioned taiwan from dallas um big west from hornets like it's it's very interactive and now we even have parents you know who's created groups and different things of that nature where you can stay informed um i have a podcast uh, where i still um, put out a lot of 2k league information and and everything like that. And, and this, you know, like Jeff has a podcast where he puts out a lot of different information. So it's just basically networking uh, through Twitter and, uh, you know, even occasionally on Instagram, but like the league does a great job in putting out information um, that allows uh, a lot of people to engage uh, in a lot of different opportunities. And uh, when we see it, um, we, we retweet it, we share it, and we put the information out there. So everybody's pretty much user friendly um you can dm us uh and and all types of things i've i've taken credit for always responding to every dm that i can uh to be able to shed light on the 2k league and anybody who's open to get into the league and, and sharing these opportunities that they provide and something i was able to see firsthand during my time at bsc last summer where we met um was that this isn't just something for established professionals. You know, if you're young and you have the drive, you know, you can make it there too. I know that um, your assistant GM is about college age and, you know, the Minnesota Timberwolves, just uh, T-Wolves Gaming just hired um, someone off your staff. So can you speak a little bit more about that? Yes, uh, Nicholas Gartrell was uh, a business operation assistant at BSE for NetGC and, um, he spent his first season there assisting uh, between myself and Joshua Press, who's a senior vice president at BSE Global, who oversees NSGC. 
uh, he split time working with us and, and, and just on the daily operations, just assisting us. And um, after his time was up, uh, he was rewarded uh, with an assistant coaching position with T-Wolves Gaming. And um, I'm definitely proud, proud of him and happy for him. Uh, he's young, driven. Um, also, uh, he's been in college uh, during that time, um, still, you know, taking classes, uh, whether it be online or when he was in New York, he would physically take classes. So it's definitely his hunger and um, his attitude and drive is uh, definitely something that can be used at any um, of the teams that's in the 2K League. Now, Wyoming and Cooney uh, is an interesting story. Um, he He's... 20 years old, probably the youngest employee at BSE. Uh, but he not only works for uh, NetsGC as my assistant and uh, the social media manager, he actually works on the Brooklyn Net side as their social media uh, assistant as well. So um, definitely, um, if, you, if you're hungry and willing to put in the work and time, it's opportunities waiting on you. Uh, so uh, pretty much, uh, you know, that's, uh, I, I think I even, it started from myself. And when I seen people who uh, possess the same things that I had in me, I, I took notice to it and, and provided an opportunity for them the same way I was provided one. So I think uh, it was just like the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> and if I could, if I could just add on to that kind of, because like, look, uh, the reason that OG King Kurt has a job in the league is because he was doing this before it was even a league. Um, and I think that you have to recognize sometimes someone like Nick, who he just mentioned, uh, was spent the whole first season. He happened to live in New York, showing up at the studio, watching, engaging with people before he even got a job. So if you're, whether it's the NBA 2K League or whether it's whatever field you might have some interest in, you have to be willing to put in that work that might not be rewarded right off the bat, you know, quote unquote, fairly paid um, to get to where you want to be. If that's something, you know, if one of these, something like sports business, especially where there's such a high supply for a lower demand of jobs, you have to be willing to put that, that time in. For me, I basically showed up at a lot of NBA 2K League stuff to cover it uh, at the be you know, at the beginning until they basically told me I was getting, I was actually working. Like I just kind of showed up until someone told me to stop showing up. And that's kind of how you have to carry yourself in this business. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I was able to see that firsthand at the 2K League studios, you know, Chris was, uh, kind enough to give me a tour, uh, last summer as to, you know, what the game day atmosphere is like. And, you know, players are ruthless out there. They don't hold back. They're very competitive. Um, so do you have any interesting stories from your time broadcasting? Oh man, do I have interesting stories? <laughs> what can I, what can I tell? Well, so part of my role in the first two seasons was to interview the guys after games. So that is when you get them like, uh, and in, during the season, we'd, you know, there'd be, there's a sideline reporter and I did some sideline reporting where you interview the guy right after the game. He's got, you know, 30 to 45 seconds, two to three quick questions, and then they move on. But I would have a time to sort of develop the storylines with these guys. And there are intense rivalries that, as we mentioned, go back before this league even started. I mentioned OFAB, Dimes has been mentioned. They were the first two players picked. They go back and forth. All I have to do is say, you know, so what's it like either? I could say you're playing dimes in four games and OFAB is going to give me a quote about how, you know, he wants to prove that he should have been the first pick two years ago. And guys go back and forth like that. We've had, we had trades for the first time last year. 
Uh, there was a big trade. Hood was a big player on T-Wolves Gaming. He got traded to Heat Check Gaming. And when the T-Wolves beat Heat Check and the T-Wolves went on an incredible run to make the playoffs and win, they had some things to say about, you know, that we, they got redemption by beating him after trading him. So I've, I, I see those storylines. And look, that's what helps in terms of actually getting the, you know, the players to, the, the fans to tune in for storylines. It's not that much different from, you know, the NBA where they're actually shooting basketballs in real life. Um, well, they all think they're NBA players, to be honest. Like, you know, they all think that they're playing in the NBA. And it's, it's part of the NBA vertical, but that's part of the fun of it. Of course. Um, Jordan, when we spoke, one of your messages that stuck out most to me um, when we discussed Gen Z entering the work, workforce was that we, meaning Gen Z, often get lost in the idea of networking up versus networking across. Can you please elaborate on what that really means? Cool. Yeah, I, um, we talked about this a little bit, but I, I think it's uh, something important that I try to say when I get invited to these things is like, um, a lot of people really try to focus on networking across, um, networking up where it's like, okay, I need to talk to somebody who went to my university that's maybe already made it in this space. Um, and I think there's a place for that, but where I actually think 80 to 90% of your most effective networking that will get you to places you want to go will actually help in somewhere closer along your peer group. Um, and I encourage people all the time to actually really focus about the people that maybe you're in class with, the people that you're working with, like not only do, don't see them as like competitors to what you want to do, but really try to see them as collaborators and try to think of ways you can actually work with the people. There's a lot of successful people who are probably on this thread who are going to go on to things over time it's important to build those connections and those like true bonds now. So I think that those partnerships actually help you more. Like throughout my entire experience, different companies that I've worked for and different opportunities I've had, it's always started um, by having the ability to have someone that's like at my own level first um, or someone that's maybe within a few years from me and then they help me kind of move up and like I talk to the other people. So um, I think that's really important for kind of the students and new people to realize. And I think what you can see from that is uh, more success stories. Thank you for I'd that. Add, I'd add too, um, like right now, there's no better time um, for you guys to start something new, something exciting, work with your peers. Um, we had a three on three tournament just a few weeks ago. First time we'd ever done anything like this and our broadcast team actually, Jeff was a part of it. Um, there was a whole virtual studio, but we had people, um, I think it was across five different states, um, all working together. So don't let the space uh, make it feel like you guys can't keep networking and working together to build something cool, because obviously right now is a really unique opportunity to do that. Yeah, and we're all in the same boat looking for the same opportunities, so why not get to know each other first? Um, you know, Jeff, Within the digital media and broadcast team for the 2K League, we've seen you in a lot of different roles from social media host to a sideline reporter to analyst. What other, or what advice do you have for others out there to get prepared and be ready for different roles that may come their way, whether it's in 2K League, whether it's in a different industry, trying to enter their careers or even in the middle of their careers? Yeah, I mean, look, there's the, and you kind of brought up 
a, a lot of things. Sometimes people ask me, what do you do for the 2K League? And I told you broadcaster because, you know, there's, I could say anything. I've done a bunch of different things. And basically I've had the attitude of I'm going to show up and wherever they tell me to go, I'm going to go. Um, and I think that, that for me, this goes beyond the 2K League. I've had a lot of people come up to me and say, you know, you could have more followers on Twitter, for, for example, if you were just an esports reporter or just an NBA reporter. You, you, you play, you know, you spread yourself thin and that affects you. I say that's fine because my long-term goals are, I don't know necessarily what my long-term goal is, but I want to keep my options open. And I feel like if I work hard enough and have that ability to jump in, and you know, be part of, of anything, I think that strengthens, and this goes beyond just journalism, this goes to if you can play, put on different hats and provide someone, an employer with different skills, you know, where you can actually bounce around and, and you know, have more value in that sort of way, you're gonna be important. I'll give you an example. So I am freelance. And uh, so right now the NBA 2K League isn't going on. So I was, uh, you know, I wanted to do some, some extra work. And so I reached out to some people from an organization called Gen G and was, uh, you know, made sure to put an email thread with someone named Jordan Sherman, who uh, had me doing an array of stuff last week for a tournament for the University of Kentucky that I didn't necessarily have the closest connection with, but I tried to do my research and tried to, you know, provide as much from anchoring to hosting a selection show for their NBA 2K tournament to kind of, I was ready to cast if I had to, but I think that made me, you know, and, and I guess Jordan can speak to this more if I'm just talking hot air or not, uh, you know, a valuable asset as well as my social media, you know, abilities to just throw out there and promote and, be a, be kind of a PR representative for what was going on. And and when you started off, you know, studying journalism, you clearly had a passion to go and cover something and make sure it's broadcasted to a larger audience. You know, I'm sure yep. you never saw it ended, uh, you know, coming to this. Um, and that's awesome. Uh, were there other, you know, traditional media sectors that you were interested at first? Yeah, I mean, I I went to Northwestern thinking that I was going to be uh, a play-by-play broadcaster and I was I, you know I was going to call basketball baseball hockey football I was going to do it all uh, and one thing and I'm sure if there are any Newhouse students or anyone in the broadcast world on the line um, you know I realized I watched kids go to um, you know be sent around the country to be news reporter weather people or news reporters in small markets and minor league baseball broadcasters in certain places and I was just hesitant to believe that that was still, that was kind of like the model of the last 50 years for working your way up. And I was like, I think that this digital media space is where I really want to go into where I can. And so I, my first job was in digital media at the post game. And I was like, I, I want to go somewhere where I can write, where I can do our interviews, where I can podcast, where I can be on video, where I can learn social media, where I can learn all these skills that then I can also put myself out there and potentially get roles down the down the road. So I think I've took an unorthodox route to kind of being in this now traditional broadcast uh, stature for the NBA 2K League, but I felt that I needed to, especially in a field like esports, come from the digital area of sports and be tapped into all of these things than just be a traditional, you know, in a in a studio in a small market and learn that way. Thank you for shedding some light on the importance of, you know, being uh, the importance of adaptability uh, when it comes to your career path. You know, 
for a lot of students like me, you know, we'd like to think, especially with our generation, that, you know, our first job is going to be our favorite or, you know, that all of our hard work is going to pay off. And, you know, with the current state of our economy and the climate right now, that's kind of showing that, you know, life can throw you some curveballs. So, um, you know, Chris, when it comes to where you thought that you were going to enter into, you know, sports business in general, you know, what were some avenues that you were thinking about taking, you know, um, and how are you transitioning now with being in the 2K League for a couple of years and seeing this really grow while also understanding that, you know, this is not your final destination, but just another stepping stone to making it to where you want to be. Yeah, I mean, you know, as I said, I, I wasn't necessarily looking just to go into esports or just with the 2K League. Um, you know, I had a, my, I did my capstone with the Knicks. I was in my final semester. Um, and, and like all the seniors out there, you know, you have to cast a wide net. Um, so when I got into the 2K League and with the 2K League at that point, the team was honestly really small. Um, we're, still, we're still really small and do a lot of different things individually. Um, but at that point, it was seven people um, running a 17-team league. So um, wearing a ton of different hats and learning a lot um, from helping with events three days a week um, to partnerships to helping out with league operations and managing over 100 players so I'd say for me um, the experience has been and still is um, really amazing just because I don't necessarily know as you said where um, I want to be down the line and exactly what area of the industry I want to be working in so the 2k league for me has provided a really good um, platform for me to learn a ton of different areas of the industry firsthand um, and get a ton of different experience thank you for sharing that um, and I'm just going to put in another reminder for all, all of our audience that you're more than welcome to ask some questions for our Q&A that's going to take place in a few minutes. So please send those in privately through uh, the chat on Zoom. Um, Jordan, essentially all businesses around the country have been impacted by coronavirus and not just sports. Um, other than working from home now, how has your day-to-day -day job changed over this time? Um, so for us, we've been kind of fortunate in the sense that we, because we have offices, New York, LA, uh, Shanghai, and Seoul, we've, we've been working remote with a lot of our counterparts for a long time. So we were fully set up, which was good. And we had like that built in. Um, and then we just really leaned into it as much as possible. We, we saw this as an opportunity for us to showcase esports, streaming, um, doing things remotely. The, the tournament we ran with the University of Kentucky this week was done completely remote where you're activating with the pen relays next Friday, um, completely remote. So we're just using tech the best way we can. We know that colleges and people in general want to really build community through gaming and kind of keep, you know, people are still being friends and see if we still want to be social, just gaming and esports is their outlet to it. Um, so we've just been focused. We, we don't want to shut the business down. We don't want to get rid of any employees. We, we want everyone to stay focused and keep working. And that's what we've been doing. And what can, and this is a question for everybody, um, what can the sport and entertainment sectors do now to help mitigate the economic impact of, you know, widespread event cancellations? You know, I know we had to deal with that with the conference, so we pivoted online. Uh, what are some things that um, you guys have been trying to implement in your businesses? Well, for myself, it's a, it's a great time to, to network and uh, co collaborate with a lot of different people that typically you may not have the time because for me personally like well for most of us the 2k league if it was going on in our normal schedule 
Uh, it's a lot of things that we would be attending to and, and wouldn't have uh, time to pay attention to. So I basically uh, took the time to collaborate with a lot of different people, uh, be a guest on a lot of different podcasts, uh, you know, and vice versa with my own, but um, just more time to actually pre present the league, present the 2K league to a lot of people who may not be aware of it. And, um, you know, I've just been making it the best of this time, uh, just basically just presenting uh, the product and to people who don't know and, and, and are interested, but just a lot of people just don't know. And I think this is our time, like with the three for all tournament that was put on still in our absence of our regular season, it, it brought a lot of light because it was a different community. And it, I think it created interest uh, about the league. And now a lot of people are really anticipating uh, whenever we start. Yeah. I mean, I, I think just, Kind of adding to that, I've been I've been doing the same thing with podcasts. Um, I had talked for a long time about starting my own, and now I'm like, well, now now's the perfect time to start it. Record on Zoom and and make it happen. But I think that we're going to see, you know, for those students who are coming out right now um, into the the world, we're going to see a much different landscape of the sports world, and this goes beyond the NBA 2K league. I think that there's been a lot of conversation about really how much how much revenue is generated just on ticket sales alone. And I think that you're going to see some innovations made to the experience, the viewing experience when there are no fans allowed because, you know, into arenas, into stadiums, because leagues are still going to need to, to make that revenue. And I think that people realize how much is being drawn from the eyeballs watching sports now more than ever when they're going on. And I think that, you know, you're just going to see a lot of innovation in the next year or two that fortunately or unfortunately is going to stick in the industry. Yeah, I probably sound like a broken record, but um, I think, you know, it's just a pretty unreal opportunity for people at all ages to really make an impact right now. I know for me, um, you know, I'm one of the youngest people on our team, but if I have an idea, like it's a very uh, blank canvas to go and bring things to the table. So I think this change, you know, it's such a unique situation and it's unknown for everyone. So no matter who you are, how old you are, what, what position you're in, um, it's a time where everyone's kind of scrambling and you have a really cool opportunity um, to either create something on your own or bring something to the table for someone else. Thank you guys. Um, so we're gonna switch it over to our Q and A sessions. We have a few great questions from some of our audience. So I'm gonna start off, Chris Parsons asked, for Chris and Jeff, from both the marketer's perspective and the journalist's perspective, can you please dive deeper into what, what the strategic public relations mix, um, earned media, social, websites, et cetera, look like for an esports superstar versus a traditional sports superstar? Go Newhouse. <laughs> all right, all right. Chris, you want to start with that from more of a, I guess, uh, more of like a business perspective? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say, obviously, I'm not on the communication side, so... Um, it's definitely not my forte and what I'm spending my day-to-day -day on, but I think um, our communications department in our league in general has done a really good job of um, getting our stories out to some really traditional media, like ESPN, who's covered some exclusives for us, um, and then very much more uh, esports media, whether um, there's some esports reporters for Forbes, whether it's Jeff, who has exclusives for us. Um, so for us, I'd say we kind of the same thing, you know, we want to build um, our brand and build awareness. And so we're not focusing just on one area and I don't know how different it is 
um, from traditional sports because we do still want to get coverage from um, traditional sports outlets, but we just cast a wider net in terms of um, who we can go out to. I think so. And, and Chris mentioned, I've been also one of my titles has been the insider and I've gotten out, you know, some been the first individual to certain news stories, which is interesting in itself, because like many esports leagues, the NBA 2K league controls its own broadcast rights. Um, again, this is, we're talking about an early, early stage of a league. Um, but I think that you could, you know, you talked about the players, the question had a little bit to do with the players, the players are entitled to make their own, to do their own marketing and, you know, they can promote themselves. They can sign their own endorsement deals. We have had some players who have gone on to, you know, have, have endorsement deals that are not necessarily just created by the NBA 2K league. All, you know, BSE has been mentioned. Brooklyn Sports and Entertainment has their own PR and marketing department if they want to promote their own players, if they want to get their own stories out there. And I think that that adds to the league and the team model that you have, if you're a player, you have the league and the teams. And, you know, if you have a manager or something along those lines, you have all these people trying to get your story out there to the world. Thank you. Um, so we have another question from Francis McCarthy. Both we, Jeff we, Kurt, we know him. We know him well. <laughs> both Jeff and Kurt have a podcast that they started recently. Could you give the group some tips on why you started your podcast, how to get started, and how this could benefit an up-and-coming professional? For me, um, it, it started back uh, the end of season one, uh, right after the finals. Uh, me and a couple of other people who were inspiring to be in the league, uh, we were just talking uh, on, on a rooftop, just having uh, dreams and thoughts of, of making the league. And um, I had already had a good reputation in the community, but I was trying to figure out a way to be more engaging uh, beyond just 2K. And um, so one day I just tweeted out something because I'm always known for uh, spraying some wisdom and and everything like that to the 2K community. So after I, before I hit tweet, I just put hashtag OG two cents. And um, I sent it and I started getting a lot of positive feedback from it. And uh, over a year had went by and I was like, man, well, I said, why don't I just turn this into a show uh, where people can actually get the meaning behind some of the tweets that I put out? Because, you know, a lot of times you, you tweet something and like, people can take it 50 million ways. Like you don't have time to sit there and always explain entirely what you meant. So I said, maybe if I put it into a show, um, now people, I can basically break it down and have people understand it better. Um, so I took my OG two cents tweets and turned it into the OG two cents podcast. And now I have um, basically built the episodes off of prior tweets um, that I had put out and it's been doing pretty good. and. I've, I do it occasionally by myself and then sometimes I have guests, but it's still, it's like cold, it's like lifestyle and gaming. Um, it's a lot of different things that you can relate to on the show. Even if you don't play video games, it's still um, kind of like a life uh, style uh, and culture blend. And then obviously we I still talk about 2K and things of that nature, but definitely um, it was something that inspired from the tweets and then the, the people who support me 
um, they was like, finally, it's about time. Like when I, when I finally opened up and did it. So um, it's doing pretty good and you can, you know, it's on Apple, Spotify and uh, Podbean. So for me, and as Francis knows, I had a podcast called the 102 pod, which was the, the, about the first 102 players in the 2K league, the first season. And I did it totally independently. And when I kind of started doing some more stuff for the league, I shut that down, was focusing on league verticals. And so the podcast that I've started in the last couple of weeks is it's, it's called Eyes on the Prize. Uh, it's just, it's not specifically gaming it's not specifically sports i've left it open-ended specifically and i've had people over the last couple of years who've come to me and said we want you to do a podcast for a specific team or sport or we want you to do an esports podcast and for me it's been about two things i don't want to just zero in on one particular topic and two i want to own the ip so right now i have a podcast that i am doing through zoom i'm taping every single thing that i do if people listen to the audio version of the podcast spectacular but i know that as someone who is not exactly famous and out there in the world that the best way for me to get engagement on what i'm doing is to get all those video clips put the best ones on social media and see what happens with it and to to you know to me that's what i'm doing here it's an asset to everything else that i'm doing and i had to wait until i was at a point where i felt confident with because i'm not getting paid anything to do my own podcasts you know i needed to get to a point where i felt confident with my own work that i could have this on the side with the hope that interviewing some really cool people who i've had the chance to meet in the industry i can then use you know use that as a way to create great content and showcase myself for potential future work as a freelancer. And you mentioned that at uh, the NBA 2K League, they own and create their own content, um, which is what you guys are starting to do in terms of vertical integration with your brand. Is that something that you kind of took after the league or is that something that you went out and did with your, your own motivation and intuition? In Sorry, you're saying in terms of creating our own brand, like if that was something that the we use, I mean, like, you know, I, I would say just the, the NBA 2K League has been so great for me as just what it's, what it's, first of all, the way that the league has taken care of me has been amazing. But on top of that, the way that, you know, as soon as I started doing stuff in season one, I'm getting messages from people like, hey, what's this thing you're doing? You know, what, oh, you're in, you know, could you come on and talk about this? Can you do this? Can you do, and it was like, I was like, whoa, I, I clearly there's the industry is hungry to know what is going on. And the fact of the matter is right now we're seeing that more than ever where I'm getting calls about, you know, people are calling me like, is this esports this time? Is this esports? I'm like, first of all, I want people to stop thinking that esports is celebrating this moment that we're in right now. Um, but I think that it's, it's clear that there's a big, in, a lot of interest in what's going on in the esports world. Thank yeah. you. Uh, we have, oh, I'm sorry, Kurt. Well, no, I was going to say for myself, I took, I looked at it as like the 2K League was my my big break, so to speak, and that the the brand that I was building uh, prior to, I just looked at it as an extension and an opportunity uh, to be able to grow in a lot of different areas. And um, I've been inspired, um, you know, by Jeff and, and a ton of other people um, in the in the industry that cover journalism and, and, and create content and different things of that nature. And I like what he said about building up the confidence um, in what your, what your primary is and being able to, to branch off from that. Because uh, 
it, I, it took a lot for me. It was easy to hit tweet and, and do all of that and everything. And, but putting the show together and, and doing everything like, you know, I, mine, every, I only do it once a week. But uh, just having that confidence to be able to push it and still be able to maintain what my responsibility is from day to day, uh, that's a big, that's a major key. I also think in whatever you do in life, you have to recognize your your worth, your value, and what you're actually skilled at. You know, if you start, if you're a Syracuse student and you start a podcast tomorrow and you cold and you were doing a sports business con, uh, podcast, if you say cold email Robert Kraft and he's nice enough to say, yeah, I'll come on your podcast. Are you really ready for that? And that's not, it's not a bad thing to admit, hey, maybe I should start like what I'm doing right now is starting with people. I've been lucky enough to meet some really cool um, known people in the industry, in the industry, but people that I know that I'm not trying something that I'm not necessarily ready for. I want to build things up to the point that I can do something really impactful when I talk to that, you know, important person, as opposed to just throwing things at the wall and hoping that they hit. That's great. Um, so we have two final questions to wrap it up. One is from Joe Murray. Um, how are the 2K League fans in terms of what do they expect out of teams? How are they loyal to the teams, players? Um, just an overall view. Kurt and Jordan, I'll let you guys touch on that yeah. just from the team side, what you guys see. Jordan, in the Jordan you want to touch on that? Sure. Um, I think it's great. I mean, I think the league has a long way to go, of course. Um, and I think what's interesting is the teams have an interesting perspective where it's like, how, are they trying to transition people from the NBA team to the esports team? Or are they looking to get new esports fans? And I think kind of judging the line between the two because the players in the 2K League are different than the players you see in the NBA game. Um, I think for ours, we're also trying to work through, are we trying to get um, different fans from like our League of Legends and our Overwatch teams? Or do we specifically want NBA 2K fans? What we've seen on our side is there's actually less crossover um, than maybe we thought. Like I'm not sure necessarily if we'll get all of our League of Legends fans from Seoul into the NBA 2K. Maybe that'll happen over time. But for us, I think what we're really trying to do is we're, we're focused on our style of play. We're focusing on our players. So our hope is that people will become fans of us as a company because of how we play and the types of players we have on our team. And then we're obviously really going to go big in China and try to like localize that support as like the first ever team that's based abroad that gets to play against the US teams. And hopefully that for us will help us build a really big fan base. And I, and what I and one thing I wanted to say is like um I was like in the two K community I was one of the first people to actually start branding and and like you know with a logo with uh, promotional videos and different things of that nature and with me being the oldest um player at that time in the community that's where the the whole OG comes from is that um I take it upon myself uh, even within my organization and outside is to, to help some of the players um, learn themselves and, and create and be able to create a brand because we're dealing with a demographic that most of them don't even know, know themselves. Like they're still learning and experiencing life at its earlier stages. So it's like one second they go from being a player uh, at their residence or maybe their parents' residence. And now they're, you know, in a new market, um, in a new uh, league and, and having some notoriety with it, but also not having that, that structure and guidance that's needed to, to help them elevate, 
help their organize, organizations elevate, and then that in turn, that helps the league elevate. So I think it's something that has, it's, it's, I'm sure each organization is, is helping their players understand themselves and, and, and helping map that out uh, for their personal success. And like I said, at least the organizational success and the league success. And for our final question um, from Casey Ryger, from anyone, for anyone in the group, I know that you're all at different points in your career, but I imagine each one of you has had to face some sort of adversity along the way. Can you talk about a specific instance where you've had to overcome that adversity? And, you know, looking back on it, what has that really taught you today? Uh, my story, go ahead, go ahead. No, here you go, you go. Well, it's just unique for me because right before um, I signed with Brooklyn, my mom passed away. So um, I was, I was already um, in the midst of dealing with the league while she was still living, but I was torn because I didn't, I wasn't sure if I necessarily wanted to move. Um, I, you know, I got out of the military in 2001 um, to be back home with my mom because my dad had passed away in 2001. So I told myself I only way I would leave, um, unfortunately, is like if she wasn't there. And um, it was, it just, ironically, it was just one of those situations that right before um, it came time for me to sign with Brooklyn, she passed away. And um, in the highlight of my life, of I'm enjoying the time in the NBA 2K League, but I'm also battling, like not having my mom or, or dad to be there to, to witness the amount of work that I had put in to get to where I was at. So um, just battling that part of it, where you think you're supposed to, you should be happy and, and enjoying just, uh, you know, just fruits of your labor, but uh, dealing with that at the same time and, and not being able to really open up about that because, um, you know, the day-to-day -day operations with running the NBA 2K League is not a walk in the park, um, you know, between managing players and dealing with the league on a, on a daily basis. So like trying to still stay at, at a top level doing that and, and dealing with the loss of my mom. Like it was, it was tough, but I fought through it because it was one thing she said before she passed away is that she wanted to know that I was okay and, um, and that I would be okay without her. And um, I, I've kept that promise to her and, and I've been fine. And, um, you know, so that's pretty much uh, what I've battled through since uh, being in the league. Thanks for sharing that, Kurt. That's yeah. That, yeah. Beautiful story. You know. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry uh, for your loss, Kurt. Um, and thank you for your service. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah. Mine is like my story is, I guess, a little lighter than that. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I think that that there will be people that will relate to this. So I, about a year and a half ago now, I left my previous full time job as a digital. Uh, sports editor to I knew that I had you know some work that I could do in the NBA 2k league from from a freelance perspective and I said to myself I had spent three years in New York City working my tail off and I was like I've networked you know networking has been something that has been mentioned all the time if you guys go to New York City or probably LA or any of these big places uh, you can I would like to say there are there are more than 365 networking and panel events a year. So you can go to almost anyone any night. So I would be pounding the pavement, meeting people, staying in touch with people. And you know, people had said, one day maybe we'll work together. So I quit my job 
had the, some of the NBA 2K League stuff. I knew that wasn't going to be, you know, reach my full-time monetary potential. But I said, I've got all these connections. You know, I'm going to pound the pavement and have, you know, I'm going to make more money this year because I'm going to work with all these people who I knew that I could have worked with. And it was tough at the beginning. Like I wasn't getting the work that I thought I would get. And then you start looking around you're like, okay, I'm paying New York city rent. Uh, the mon the monetary flow is not what it was before and it's not coming in and you start to all of a sudden there's, there's no floor, you know, the floor is zero. And I start, thinking like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And it was just a matter of like pushing myself to be like, okay, if you're working this hard and it's not working, you have to kick it to another gear. You have to try something new. You have to maybe do something to prove to someone, you know, take a little bit less or start somewhere here in this vertical that you're trying to then prove to other people that you can get up to the top. And I think it's also just recognizing, um, you know, believe it or not, this is a Tim Tebow quote that I once, he once said in an interview where I interviewed him, he was like, you know, things are never as bad as they seem and they're never as good as they seem, which is, I don't know if that's dark or not, but it's uh, it, it, something that I recognize that like, just dial it back. And even nowadays during this time, I'm like, I'll be 27 next month. I've been on the, you know, on the NBA 2K league broadcast. I've been on MSG networks, pregame shows, like I'm doing all right. So relax and keep, you know, keep grinding and things will work out. Um, so I'm about to wrap everything up, but I'd like to first start off by saying thank you all very much for joining us today. Um, we're incredibly honored to have you be a part of the first um, ever Syracuse Sport Business Conference event. Um, so that speaks a lot. Um, we've covered topics such as entrepreneurship, you know, going out and starting something new in today's climate, getting your start, networking up and across. Um, and, you know, just all the great things the NBA 2K League has been working on and everything that you guys have been doing to promote and, you know, increase the brand's awareness across the world. Um, so thank you all for your hard work, um, your advice, and your stories. We really appreciate it. Um, this is going to be a recurring weekly event every Friday from 3 to 4 p.m. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about um, we'll have some hiring managers on giving advice on how to really, you know, find your footing right now in this current climate, um, as well as, you know, advice for people who are looking to like jump ship elsewhere. Um, we really appreciate your time. Go check out the OG two cents podcast. If you guys have any plugs you'd like to throw in right now, feel free. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much. We're looking forward to seeing you all next week. Yeah, not, not a plug on my end, but I just want to say shout out to Ben and your guys' whole team. I know you put in a ton of hours to plan the first ever conference. Um, obviously, a huge bummer. It couldn't happen in person, but pretty awesome to see you guys pivot so quickly and now start this uh, weekly session. So awesome work. Because my, my well, I was going to say my girlfriend wouldn't let me end without a go orange. So I'm doing it. <laughs> no, I yeah, want to say so. thanks for having me on, Ben. Um, I enjoyed our time at BSE when I first met you, and um, I, I liked how, you know, you approached me and, and, and everything, and um, just keep doing what you're doing. Um, everybody follow NetsGC at Nets Gaming Crew on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, you know, it, this is our second year in the league, and um, just appreciate your support. Sam, I would just say congrats to the team, and, and just for everyone for taking the time, I think. Um, obviously, we didn't get to talk to a lot of the people, but uh, my guess is that it's a lot of hardworking people who want to find a way to break in. 
esports or maybe just want to learn more. So I think you all hopefully took a good step and found this helpful. Um, and thanks for having me. Of course. Um, shout out to the Syracuse Sport Business Conference team. Um, started out with three and ended up being 29. Um, and we really appreciate all the hard work that you guys have put in to help make this possible. Um, so shout out to you guys. All right. Thank you, everybody. Um, hope you have a great rest of your weekend. And uh, thanks for joining us. See you next week. Thanks, all. Bye. thanks everyone. Stay safe. Likewise.